This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Casting Lots. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. Televised government been telling lies. If you're not with us, you better step aside. Witnessing the genocide, everything is centralized. The food that we consume and they spraying it all with pesticides. Easily identify the sheep and the snake, the real and the fake. Giving us a reason to pray. I'ma make my own choices. A voice for the voiceless. They trying to destroy us, avoiding the poison. It's all pointless if you don't have a purpose. If you read the verses, you'll know who we versing. Government can tell you what your worth is. Look deeper than the surface. They don't even want you researching or asking questions. We all being tested. Shut your mouth, they comply, that's the message Want you depressed on prescriptions that mess with your head Got you stressing, suppressing expression We will not comply With the institution's sick illusion No, it won't be televised Welcome to the revolution Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today is Saturday, January 14th, 2023, and this is episode two of Casting Lots. Um, I've got Matt here with me tonight. We've got a really good show planned. Um, We're going to be talking about the finders. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, that whole story, but it's a pretty good deep dive. So um, what's going on, Matt? Nothing much. It's a good evening, and you know, it's uh, a... are you excited? I am. I'm excited. Matt was actually the one that told me about this. So I'm going to kind of let him take the lead tonight and just kind of, I mean, I'm going to jump in because I did a lot of research on this too, and it's really interesting. Um, but before we get started, I'm just going to open us in a quick prayer. So if you could just please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you much for tonight. We thank you for allowing everybody here to gather with us Um And even those who will listen later, Lord, just please watch over everybody and just guide us and direct us and and just put in our hearts what needs to be said tonight, Lord, Um, and just look after each and every one of us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So how's everybody doing tonight? Thank you all for joining us again. Got Chris here. We got Maga. We got Susie. John. My dad here. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Hello, father-in-law. All right. So I guess we're going to get started. So, Matt, do you want to kind of just give a little preface here of what what this is all about? This is like one of those things that uh, occurred, and due to technology at the time, it wasn't like widespread. So it probably showed up on like the evening news. And when was this? It's back in the 80s, 86, 87. Yeah. Well, it started, I think, in 86. but. This actual case, the finders um, that we're going to be talking about, um, it made headlines in 1987. It was February 1987, actually. It was here today, gone tomorrow. And there's a reason for that, which is part of this whole mystery here. So um, so go ahead. Tell the story of what happened. Uh, you know, pretty much like in February of 87, uh, there was a woman who reported that there was, I think, six children 
Yeah, it was at six. like a playground in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and the local law enforcement engaged the individual, which was two uh, two well dressed men uh, with a bunch of ragdoll uh, children. Yeah, they said these kids had like bug bites on them, and yeah, like they were just unkempt. Scratches all over the place, and you could just tell that something just didn't look right. So, uh, but but uh, pretty much what it went is that they these individuals told the uh, the police officers that they were teachers and that they were taking these children to Mexico, uh, to establish like a, uh, smart, a smart school for, uh, kids. Uh, and then the police officers obviously noticed all the stuff that we were just talking about bed bugs. I mean, yeah, if you see a kid, like even today, you know, if you see a kid on the street and they look like they were abused, obviously you're going to want to call 911 because you can tell when a kid's not being treated properly. Yeah. And uh, so, like they, uh, they they arrested individuals, uh, obviously based off of everything that they they had, and uh, impounded the vehicle, which was like a 1980s uh, van, the uh, you know, the, the, the pedal the, van, yeah, the pedal van to come right. come here and get the uh, a piece of candy van. Um, but uh, pretty much the contents of what was inside was very interesting at the time. You know, computers were not like a huge thing; it was more like a ritzy. Uh, well, yeah, that was kind of the thing. beginning, the start of yeah. the, the computer. So era. they uh, they noted they like, cataloged a lot of stuff. They there you know there's dirty clothes, there was uh, maps, books, uh, a lot of passports, and uh, there was a mattress in the van. Uh, but the the most interesting item was so there was a TR uh, uh, TRS eighty computer. Uh, they had the ability to connect uh, through a phone system. Uh, as I've, a, I've got this book. It's called The Finders after doing some research oh, on it. Right there. Yeah. Um, this is the FBI records from the vault because they had these under wraps for a long time. And we'll get more into that later. But um, one of the documents, um, it says that there claimed to have been observed a substantial amount of computer equipment and documents purportedly containing instructions for obtaining children for unspecified purposes. Okay, so keep that in mind when you hear the rest of the story. So two men, well-dressed, have six raggedy kids at a park, bug bites and all those other things. And then they, they do this investigation and they find all of this stuff inside of this van and go on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, uh, they brought the individuals in. They, they uh, investigated uh, the matter and, and spoke with the children. And uh, the children pretty much just kind of laid out that, hey, you'll be taking place with at least, I think, one or two of the children. Yeah, um, I think it was the yeah. oldest one because yeah. they said she was most, like 11, I yeah, most of the kids they said didn't even talk. Yeah, like, like they didn't talk. They didn't know what like modern stuff was, which was crazy. They didn't know what a, a cell phone was, a or not a cell phone, but like a, you know, a computer a, like or a computer, television, or a payphone, or like you didn't even know what hot water was. Yeah, and they and when they were there at the police station, they asked if they could go outside. These children asked if they could go outside to use the bathroom. So that's a yeah, it's crazy, uh, crazy. Crazy instance there, uh, but pretty much they brought the uh, public's uh, uh, health department in. Like you know, they uh, they came in. I think it was ID uh, PH. They came in and uh, did an investigation. The CPS. Uh, yes, yeah, like the CPS in Tallahassee, or like mm -hmm. a state instance, and just kind of noted all the stuff. Like you know, the, there was a you know, obviously there was uh, um, a lot of abuse that was going on there with the kids. So they noted all that. They noted that at least three of them had been uh, sexually abused. And they said that, uh, this is from an article, um, it said that apart from one child, the children didn't say too much, but the one who did said that they lived in a commune in the Washington, D.C. area, but outside of the building. So they didn't actually live inside. Now, mind you, these children are in Tallahassee, Florida, right? Traveling from, what's it, uh, Virginia? 
or Washington. Yeah. Well, they said that they lived in D.C. or yeah. that one child did, but they lived outside and they didn't seem to recognize many modern objects such as um, telephones and televisions. And they asked to go outside to use the bathroom. Some of the children were either wet or soiled themselves. So you garnished up a lot of stuff because they, they, they kind of uh, led to the uh, answer that it was across state lines. So they brought in the border and customs uh, individuals. Uh, so one special agent was uh, Raymond Martinez, uh, which is a key figure in the whole the whole thing that transpired here. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he pretty much came in and uh, got involved with this, uh, ended up securing a like a search warrant. And they were able to raid two of the properties of the individuals after he had came in contact with the D.C. Uh, police who already knew these people. Right. Which was crazy. Um, and they were like, hey, these we, these kind of this uh, this group is kind of like a cult and they, all this craziness. But yeah, they said that um, the finders and informant had told Bradley, who was the other investigator with Martinez, that they had operated out of two addresses. One was a warehouse and the other was a duplex in the D.C. area. And they were allegedly involved in blood rituals, orgies, possibly involving children, and an alleged murder. And they practiced satanic worship. And they were teaching these kids this. There was a video that we were watching. And they said that they had these children dressed in like white clothes, like sheets or whatever. And they were teaching them how to slaughter goats. Yeah. Like they had a, you know, so not to get too far, but anyways, they, uh, they ended up raiding this, uh, this, this, uh, these two uh, complexes, the DC area and the, uh, a, I think it was like a 600 acre farm in Virginia that, uh, the, the cult founder, uh, Marion Pettit had, uh, and he's an interesting individual as it is anyways, <laughs> but <Yes>. like <laughs> Ch- Manson, that's, uh, yeah. Manson. <clears throat> but, uh, he pretty much, I don't, don't, don't beat me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, pretty much they, they, they came on this this farm, and uh, what's crazy about it is, like, there's 600 acres, and there's, I was telling Tiff that there's a movie called Sin City that has the, the farm in it uh, that, like, eerily, uh, like, Frank Miller, like, depicted all this stuff off of that, I, I believe. I horribly believe it now. Anyways, they said they used to, neighbors had complained about children being brought in vans there, uh, and a lot of times they would hear them screaming and stuff, uh, uh, which was nuts that this, all this was trans and nobody said anything about it or at least had done anything. Well no, I it. think people were reporting it but they just ignored it like yeah. they continued to do because it involved children. Uh but yeah, inside of there they found like uh loads of pictures of and, like kids uh some clothes, some naked, uh, all kinds of crazy documents. A lot of those TRS computers were there. What um, was that book that they found? Oh, uh, it was the uh, it was like the CIA's guidelines to uh, how to how to take children. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> at this farm, right, they find a book with the CIA's guidelines on how to kidnap children. Yeah. Because that's not creepy, right? Yeah. Nothing so, to see here. Just just move <laughs> along. Uh, so all this entails is like uh, the, the the individual uh, Raymond Martinez. Uh, Ramon. Yeah, Ramon. He he came. Uh, to the actual DC area and was granted access three different times uh, to this, this warehouse, uh, you know, without any restriction. And he was saying pretty much like he saw, uh, uh, you know, in some, some cases, pictures, you know, of, of kids um, all over the place. And I'll play a little snippet here in a second about uh, uh, some of the other stuff he found, but um, there was a lot of communications. He said he saw between like uh, Chinese individuals purchasing or placing an order for like three kids 
and, and you know all kinds of trafficking stuff and like how much of an international instance this this had became at that point in time like um it says here bradley and martinez obtained search warrants and went to the two addresses separately martinez in his report said he had found an individual named stuart miles silverstone who was in a room containing computers printers and numerous documents further again according to martinez the documents included instructions for obtaining children purchasing children and telex messages including an account of what had transpired the night before in tallahassee yeah like the, the they got the telex message to like cease and disperse which was creepy like <laughs> these computers they had they pretty much told them like to go into hiding right. um yeah I mean, I mean this is crazy now mind you this was in 1987 right yeah. and there were a lot of news articles because when this broke it was about, about a week long yeah you know? it, was, it was everywhere for like a handful of days and then it just silently drifted into the night um but i'll play a little snippet here that, that kind of details out some stuff so, so let me know if you guys can hear this at the warehouse again quote i was again granted unlimited access to the premises he writes this time martinez says he observes quote numerous documents which describe explicit sexual conduct between the members of the community known as finders. He also says he saw a large collection of photos of unknown people, including some nude photos of people believed to be members of the finders. There were numerous photos of children, some nude, at least one of which was a photo of a child on display and appearing to accent the child's genitals. I was only able to examine a small amount of the photos at this time. He also states that another officer showed him a photo album that contained a series of photos of adults and children dressed in white sheets participating in a blood ritual. Martinez says the photos showed the execution, disembowelment, skinning, and dismemberment of two goats at the hands of the children. Other documents include files relating to activities of the organization in different parts of the world, including London, Germany, the Bahamas, Japan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Africa, Costa Rica, and Europe. Martinez reports seeing one file entitled Pentagon Break-In. He also... The Pentagon Break-In. Oh, boy. Imagine that. So... Weird, right? No, like that, that's so creepy. So it said at the end of Martinez's report, it says that he met with a third party who told him the State Department had looked at the passport data from the property searches and that no laws had been broken. <laughs> Even though this included visits to Moscow, North Korea, and North Vietnam from the late 50s to the mid-70s, he also was advised that the investigation into the finders had become a CIA internal matter, of course, and the reports were to be classified as secret, and the FBI had to withdraw from the operation. So they find all this stuff, right? They find these kids at this park, right? Yeah, I mean, six kids with uh, well-dressed men. Right, and they, they see that these kids are been abused obviously and the kids tell them hey we're going to mexico so first off you you're from dc now you're in tallahassee and you're getting ready to go to mexico okay why are you okay so here's my question now where are the mothers right so didn't they ended up calling you know i think i read somewhere that <clears throat> they were trying to to figure out who these mothers were yeah and so they they finally got in touch with some of them yeah but they, they said they're over that over 500 calls saying that oh that was my child yeah well they had to move the, they had to put the children in protective custody because there was people trying to uh trying to kill the children at that point well time, yeah probably because they knew too much <laughs> and they knew they were going to talk so it's like after all this right the, the moms finally turn up and there's obviously evidence of abuse and neglect and then they just turn these children over to their mothers with no questions asked 
Like, how did they know that they were really their mothers? And I think, didn't they say that, like, those two guys parented a couple of the children, too? I think it was suspected. And I don't know if they did a whole blood test and stuff like that. Right. But, I mean, it was the, uh, uh, that, that whole scenario right there is really, really weird. They're like, oh, we don't, the mothers are like, we don't know what, who these guys are. We, we're just poor Quakers that are uh, live very minimalistic up in, you know, outskirts of dc and then the virginia uh uh you know farm okay so like wouldn't mm -hmm. you like want to figure out where your kids are did they not put in a report stating that hey my children are missing well they or... said they hadn't seen their children in three months but it wasn't like unusual to them which that's the mind-boggling in itself well the two men their names were douglas Ammerman and james michael howell and um they were being held on a hundred thousand dollar i guess bond for this and then they lowered it to uh i think what did i read twenty thousand um and then they were released they were just released and then this whole case basically was dropped right because they the yeah, CIA. So, so what happened was that in in the the public's eye in that point in time you probably saw it on good morning america and it probably showcased probably about three or four times a couple of evening news uh news articles and uh you know, stuff in the paper. And then all of a sudden the timeline progressed really fast uh, and it was gone. And, and then there was like pretty much a, like, Hey, this is just a huge misunderstanding. These people are totally normal. Uh, there's right. nothing to see here. It's so normal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then the this world is, went on, you well, know, this is the good part though. So when you, the CIA said, no, we're taking over the justice department had, um, was investigating allegations that the CIA had used a front company yeah. run by a commune to train agency employees and that the CIA had black investigations of the group. Yeah. So not to get too far ahead, but like they had a whole trial going on uh, where they, you know, they had individuals outside the courthouse and the actual cult finder, Mary uh, Pettit, uh, he showed up and he was conducting uh, uh, interviews across the street. And he's like, Hey, we're just normal people. Uh, this is a huge misunderstanding, and uh, but we're going to set up tents, tents in this public park here right across the street from the courthouse <laughs> to allow you guys to have unfiltered access to who we are as a, you know, as a group. Uh, and this is the CIA? Uh, no, that's not CIA or the, 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 the cult founder, you know, uh, that's in supposedly in charge of the finders, the game, uh, the game caller. Oh, okay. okay. That's why the, uh, the children refer to him as. Uh, so he would play games with the uh, the members. Yeah, so there. The, the cult finder, right? The guy that supposedly started this cult. The game, what is his name? What do they call him? The game caller. The game caller. Yeah. Yeah. So he would play games with the children. Yep. For food. For food. And then for the adults, he would tell them to, uh, to empty everything out of their pockets. And he would send them out into, uh, into the city and stuff and tell them that, hey, you have to make, before you can come back to uh, see your kids stuff, make $200. I don't care how you make it. You can rob somebody, whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, you can steal whatever that you have to do to get this $200, but you have to get $200 in order to come back. Yeah. So, and that's, that's how they got food. And um, they also said that these children were being weaned from their mothers. mothers. I know, what weird. does that mean? Like, okay. <laughs> like a five-year-old being weaned, like basically, learning to live without your mother because you're about to be kidnapped and yeah. trafficked. So like, if you look at that, that little snippet we played, like how verbose this, uh, this, this whole ring was, 
it was like global entity at that point in time. And they were finding stuff in the back end where Martinez was documenting, Hey, there's this, there's a, a lot of passports. There's a lot of exchange going on here between all these different stuff. He even said, I think on the, uh, like the second instance, he noted that there was a, uh, an order for kids, you know, from, you know, the Chinese market or the Hong Kong, I think it was. And, uh, that they would have, you know, relations uh, or at least co correspondence with individual inside of the U.S. Embassy, uh, you know. And it says that uh, the Finders was a secretive commune that based its teachings on the writings of Chinese philosopher Lao. Yeah. Because, you know, this is all connected, you know, it's so crazy. And of course, you know, the organization was its base was in Washington, D.C. Yeah. So like the the but like to wrap it around to what happened right here. They, the court case took place and um, they pretty much deemed it like, Hey, this is uh, no harm, no foul. And then, you know, the, the bail reduction or the bond reduction was sent down to 20,000. Yeah. And then eventually they were just released. And it said that after the investigation that went all the way to DC, the yeah. men were released from custody. And they had dropped the charges yeah. against the men. Yeah. But the real hero there is uh, the, you know, the customs agent because he kept investigating and kept going back and Martinez. documenting stuff. Yeah. Martinez. And he, uh, he eventually uh, got told, Hey, this is not a case anymore. Just go away. Uh, so lo and behold, I think it was around five years went past in 92. He, uh, he submitted everything, so he yoloed it to uh, to the uh, Department of Justice, like everything, all his findings, all kinds of interviews he had done, all the connections, the whole lot, uh, even the communications that he had as far as emails, uh, you know, between FBI members type uh, type stuff, you know, saying, "Hey, you guys need to stop talking about this type type stuff," and. Uh, he submitted it to him and the Department of Justice uh, started looking into it. So they actually had like Supreme Court hearings at that point in time uh, in which uh, they were looking at all this, this stuff that he had. He had, you know, all the pictures he was detailing, his whole reports, everything that did not add up. You know, it says here <clears throat> it would have been swept um, into FBI case history, except for a Stewart in uh, Stewart, Florida resident named Skip Clements. Who had been researching the finders for years. He claimed that the U.S. Customs Service left the investigation at behest of the CIA, which had said that they were using the commune as a front to train agents. He had been convinced at least two members of Congress, he convinced at least two members of Congress to look into it, and it sparked a Justice Department investigation. Both congressmen have since died. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that! Wow! They both died, the two that were looking into it. And it said, uh, once again, the Democrat report on the alleged cover-up, they called it a conspiracy. Of course. But they had released um, 324 pages um, by the FBI in the redacted memos, which is the book that I had gotten. And it showed all the, the Metro Police reports, search warrant affidavits, and the FBI field office reports describing how a tip to the Justice Department led to reopening the finder's case. And uh, November 5th, 1993, memo said the Department of Justice requested the investigation after receiving a tip concerning child sexual abuse and brainwashing by the finders and what role, if any, the U.S. intelligence community played in stopping the investigation of 1987. Yeah, so like the, the whole thing went to, went to this big, huge investigation. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden you started seeing the, the layers of the onion start to get peeled back and they started making correspondence that, uh, you know, yeah, we have DOD contracts with this company, and uh, that was, the what, was uh, future, uh, future enterprises. enterprises for, to teach individuals how to, you know, utilize computers as communications means. And then, oh, uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, don't look at these people over here. You know, the, this is not, this is nothing to look at, uh, as far as like the, um, uh, the finders, you know, the, the individual, I think it was Robert Trail, who was a, uh, an actual employee of Future Enterprises and also a member of the finders at the same time. Uh, he right. was fired afterwards. Right. They hired this guy. The CIA hired this guy for their front company who was also connected to the finders, but there was no. Yeah, but what's crazy, though, is that they, they fired him, right? But that company to this day still maintains a DOD contract. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, there's nothing to see here. You know, there's, you know, we're not stupid. We know how to connect the dots. And this, this uh, agent, Martinez, he had been trying for so long to keep bringing it, you know, to light. And they just kept telling him to drop it. Yeah. And then, like, he, he yellowed it, you know, his information. Congress got a hold of it and it looked like it was promising. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, were peeling the onion back and that's where it stopped. You know, it and- said, Martinez had sent reports to Congress calling for investigations and had provided documents suggesting that the CIA was blocking investigations of the finders. And that which, was in the Washington Times. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> a later customs report said that the CIA admitted to owning the finders organization as a front for domestic computer training, but that it had gone bad. Yep. So once all the information was out there that they found out like, yeah, you connected the dots and the two are connected then they're like, okay, well, yeah, we did that, but it was, it had gone bad. You know, it, we, we messed up. Well, it's like that one movie we watched with like Tom Cruise where he was playing the, uh, the airplane pilot and he was smuggling uh, Not cocaine. Tom Cruise. Oh, it's the one where he was like the pilot where was he Tom was. Tom Cruise? Yeah, it was Tom Cruise where he was flying in the little Cessna and he was flying into the, uh, the, uh, like Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, he yeah, was okay. taking the you know, cocaine back over and he was dropping it over the wetlands and like Louisiana stuff. And eventually the CIA intercepted him. And they're like, you can keep doing this, uh, but we're going to need you to, you know, take photos. And then take photos turned into like, hey, we need you to smuggle guns right. down to this guerrilla comp- uh, organization that we want in Colombia to have an uprising. And then it's like, okay, well, we need to train these guys before we give them a lot of guns. So you need to bring all these guys back over. And it kept going and kept going until eventually. You know, uh, the CIA handler was like, oh, no, uh, we're done. We're done. And his like his bank account, like you know, or that he had with them. And the same thing that happened here. They're training people, you know, because they say that kidnapping and trafficking is like the number one thing. You know, the United States is known for all of that. And so you're, you've got this whole commune where you're training these people to kidnap children, traffic children, you've got the passports, you've got all the, you know, and at that time, that's like I said, when computers were just kind of, you know, coming into to the picture, um, now they're making it easier because wasn't there something where they could connect with other um, people? Yeah, so like the TRS uh, 80s that they had, they could go and plug into a, uh, uh, you know, a uh, payphone pretty much or like a fax line mm-hmm. and send email encryption that way. Uh, that's pretty much what they were getting trained for is how to uh, how to transmit uh, email. Well, Florida Representative Tom Lewis said, could our own government have something to do with the finders organization and turn their backs on these children? That's what all the evidence to. 
And there's a lot of evidence. I can tell you this. We've got a lot of people scrambling, and that wouldn't be happening if there was nothing here. It's kind of like today, you know, all the things that go on here, you know, and it's like, why would they turn their back on the children? Well, it's obvious. They're all a part of it. They are they are the world's terrorists, you know, and they're just allowing this to happen. And they shut it down once people started connecting the dots and it was brought back to them. And it says in April 1994, uh, the FBI requested that all available documents on the finders investigation and they had received 21 documents from the U.S. State Department. And in 1993, the DOJ ordered a preliminary investigation into the allegation that the finders were involved in sexual abuse of children and whether or not the intelligence community played a role in covering it up. I mean, just like today, we see all the things that our government, our FBI, <clears throat> all the things that they're doing and they're covering up like this is nothing new. But you know, we talk about the children and and how do we save the children? I mean, this has been going on for a lot longer than we know. But because of the Internet, we're able to share this information, you know, and just see that they've always been involved in this kind of stuff. And it's really, really disgusting. We'll look at it like how the, the information is like transferred as far as like when I say means of communication. Mm -hmm. So we're able to absorb a lot more information in a, little, uh, in a shorter amount of time now. Back then, you know, the, the information was controlled by various different means, newspaper, media outlets, you know, like you know, watching your evening news type uh, uh, instances and word of mouth, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, they, you know, got social media and everything else. So like the, the means of controlling it has changed. You know, back then they were able to snap their fingers and say, the story needs to be going out in the news media. Boom. And it was gone. Like within like in an absurd amount of time, like it disappeared from the archives. You ask like, a, I'm asking like my parents and stuff like, like no, we don't remember this at all. Uh, but it was like that little snowflake uh, that was twinkling out in you know, a snowstorm. Nobody noticed it during that time. Right. Because it wasn't really thought about. I mean, we knew kind of back in the day that, you know, kidnapping obviously was a thing. I think they said that uh, on average every year in the United States, like 460,000 kids go missing. Yeah, inside the United States. I mean, just think about right, like how many kids States. are traveling. Like you know, think about how many kids are traveling from the United States to other like destinations nations and they're they're grabbed there. And, like there you got the whole like taking experience going on where you travel to, you know. Right, yeah. The movie Taken, that's a perfect example. You know, these kids travel. Um and and even if they're with, you know, adults, I mean it can happen at the drop of a hat. You see videos all the time of like children at, at even just the store. The mom turns their back for one second to pull something off the shelf and there goes the kid, you know? So, uh, but the, like the whole, the whole premise of this whole, this whole interaction is crazy because it, it was like a boomerang. It went out and then it came back at 93. Right. Right. Uh, but the, the, the whole portion gets crazier because the cult founder like did an interview like years later before he was getting ready to die and stuff. And he pretty much saying like, talking about how he got involved because he was, he was an air force vet. He was an intelligence officer in the United States air force. Uh, and then when they were, you know, having these conversations with him, he was like, Oh, well, I, my, I, my, uh, before the air force, I, uh, I was uh, you know, working with for, for the OSS and for those. What's that? So the OSS was like, it existed before the CIA and the OSS was like the office of strategic services that was, uh, uh, enacted around like the world war two. Okay. It's like the whole premise of like woman, like how they had the they, they guy that was uh, he, uh, that was like the spy in the mm -hmm. movie. He was he was working for OSS. Okay. Yeah. So that like that whole those whole clandestine operations were taking place right there, and yeah, 
I mean, it's just it's nuts. But anyways, but Marion Petty, uh, I mean, he said that you know he he was worked heavily in that organization. You know, he he, he had his hands all in, inside of it at, at a young age, and then that's kind of what segued him into the U.S. Air Force. They're like, hey, you should definitely go into the intelligence branch of the uh, of U.S. Air Force. And then uh, he, he went on record saying that he, like his wife, he had work at the CIA front desk and he used to have her collect information on all the individuals that were there, that, which kind of corroborates what Martinez was saying when he was, he was going through the information because he said that he saw numerous amounts of information on like various different people. And then the, even the D.C. Uh, police department said that they used to uh uh you know collecting the information on the finders and the finders were keeping tabs on them as well like their family members like some of the members uh came out like uh robert teller said that uh inadvertently they used to keep track of uh you know certain certain instances like certain families like they would look they would play games like the game he was a game caller mm-hmm. so that he would say hey here's uh here's the new york times here's some babysitting ads see who if any of these people we can babysit for we can siphon information out of which sounds a hell of a lot like somebody else we know who had a lot of information oh carlago <laughs> yeah, yeah marlago oh carlago uh, that's yes. biting the carlago because oh, oh, he kept man. it in his garage um but yeah i mean it's it's crazy to think that an individual was that and that kind of goes you can go for like full circle with this and it's kind of says like the mk ultra thing where uh where, you know, the whole Manson theory where they he was just the LSD pro, uh, project and they just kind of let him out in the open just to kind of see how it was. Well, that's like MKUltra, you know, that's well, that's what I was talking about. MKUltra, you know, they, they do all this brainwashing and and I think these drugs that they give these kids. That's basically what they're doing. They they found out a way that they could do their MK ultra stuff without having to do the actual, you know, they are, cause they said, I think it was like around 7,000 veterans signed up for this MK ultra experiment. Yeah. And like between the fifties and the seventies. And well, think about like the other stuff that we, what we heard about, like the, their interest, uh, their, their interest in LSD and how they, they, you know, they brought individuals inside their organization, their own employees brought them into like an actual party. And was like, here, take all this, uh, yeah, here, here take fun. this. And they didn't tell them what it was. They just, everybody just started tripping balls there. And it was, and it was, it was a bad experience. A lot of people died off of it. There was. Yeah. It says over 7,000 American veterans took part in the experiments and non-consensually during the 1950s through the seventies, many of them suing later on. It said their scope was broad with activities carried out under the guise of research at more than 80 institutions aside from the military, including colleges and universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated using friend organizations, although some top officials at these institutions were aware of the CIA's involvement. Why is the CIA able to do all this stuff? Why are they so involved? We need to get rid of the CIA and the FBI. I mean, I mean, really, they they are like the the world terrorists. You know, they they perform all these things, and it's always the veterans. They're always like the guinea pigs for everything. You know, and then we wonder why they get all these cancers and these weird things. And the same thing with our children. You talk about like LSD with MKUltra and you're pumping these kids who supposedly have ADHD. They can't focus and you're basically giving them the same thing, you know, and they go crazy. And then they start these mass shootings. And I mean, it's literally they found out a way to uh, legally do this to people. 
and then blame it on, you know, guns and everything else. It's just another way to take away our freedoms. You know, now, like we were talking about, like how this disappeared out. It's like uh, before it was just a snap of the fingers and you were gone. Boom. Mm. And now it's like it's a lot more. Now it's like a lot of disinformation, like or the dissemination of information. It's like an overload uh, because, you, you know, it's kind of like a. Uh, a different way of warfare, I guess, at that point. Well, now. it is. It's all it's mental warfare. They figured out you don't have to shoot guns and, and tanks at each other. You can just you have your own war within your own country. And then well, you you're seeing like how like on like Twitter, like the Twitter files, the infamous Twitter files and how the how a governing body can have influence over the, you know, the, the mouthpiece. Not please. Nowadays, people don't watch news for the most part. More most of it is like, hey, did you see this on Facebook or on twitter everything's like a social media outlet and you're controlling those means and that's the mouthpiece and and that place is like a huge echo chamber well look at here's an article from this was from 2019 um this is vice i hate vice um they said this cult from the 80s was patient zero for epstein and pizzagate conspiracies so they had released the documents and um more people started looking into it. And then the next thing you know, you got the whole Epstein conspiracy, which we all know now today was not a conspiracy. It actually happened. Yeah. Same thing with Pizzagate. So, you know, it's like this stuff just keeps circling back. And it's like everything's always a conspiracy. I always say until it isn't. Because, I mean, we're not. Well, we don't, at least entertain the conversation, right? Well, but they won't do that because then you're going to get smart. It's going to open your mind up to um the possibility that you know our government are the bad ones like i'll even play devil's advocate here and i can say like okay maybe nine times out of ten it's a miss but you gotta at least entertain that one out of ten because like if if there was never any like any kind of any kind of information that's out there it's like oh maybe just maybe they were honest right but like, okay, well, this one instance happened and it's like, it's not a one and done. Like no. there's another one here, another one there. It's like, you start pulling it back. And I always say like, the United States has the best, like the best PR team. They do. I mean, it's like, they, it's like make everybody else look like complete and utter crap, you know? Right. Uh, and like all these are horrible people out here. And, and like some of the stuff is true. There's truth in the lies, right? Well, depends i mean you know it's like all this stuff like with the vax you know this is all a conspiracy two years ago and now the cdc said that they're looking into you know all the stuff that's that's happening with these vaccines you know but it's like i mean if you can connect the dots and you can see what's really going on like how hard is it to i mean i just feel like they just want to shut everything down because we're getting too smart you know they were trying to lull us to sleep with you know the you know the sporting events and the concerts and stuff and i think covid and i will say this till the day i die i believe was a a blessing in disguise because we weren't distracted by all that stuff we didn't have the movies to go to or you know um concerts or anything like that so we were bored and so hey let's go look up this conspiracy theory and of course it all proved to be true you know and so I think they kind of screwed themselves over. And that's what that's how God is working through all of this. He is using all of their bad for good. He's opening the eyes of so many people who didn't want to see it. And I've got somebody um, that I know personally who always wants to argue with me that, you know, these people dropping dead, this has been happening. This is normal. It's not from the vax. And it's like, really? Like, are you really... 
do these people really believe this or are they just they don't want to face the music so to speak? i don't know they don't want to face the music but it's just the it's the echo chamber right i mean what it, do you mean like, all right so like look at social media is probably one of the most profound ways of communication so what it says it says on there it like has to be true right what, so, on the internet, yeah. So, like, you got government entities that were. I mean, we were talking that one night. We can go down the hole with this, but that one program that they had, where they uh, they pretty much were able to create a whole identity on social media that was fake and just pump like to use for disinformation, like on Twitter. Yeah. So it was supposed to be used for the Taliban was the purpose, and I got to. I'll have to go back and reread on the uh, the whole instance, but it was pretty much a whole AI based uh, function that where they they create like a whole address like the whole scheme the whole nine yards like if you were going to look up a fake identity this person would look like a legit person like there's even like a generated picture that's unique to them and then if you're using this as a means of misinformation and this is like the echo chamber and you're pushing constantly in there nothing's going on everything is good right why and that's going to be the general mess at least in there because i mean Kids are going to echo it, and it's like adults are on there more than damn kids half the time. Well, but look what happened, like, with the Twitter files, right? So, what's-his-name takes over, Musk takes over Twitter, and he weeds out all the bots. And, you know, just like all the people that were following Biden. Like, you start to lose all these people. So, I mean, and we can go back to the CIA and the FBI. Like, a lot of people say that social media, like Facebook and Twitter, was all designed by the cia as a way to be able to spy on us you know we willingly put out our information where we're at what we're doing what we're eating you know and they get all the information for free well just that like i can't get to the weeds of what what i do for a living but um my whole infatuation with cyber security right and and such and understanding the like just like simple things right uh like on 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 social media whenever the uh, the proverbial list comes around like hey have you done this have you done this you know how many trips have you been on all that those are those those surveys are doing is providing a a back-end resource with information and it's just collecting and building a repository of you know uh, like building a profile of you and you're just passing out information at the free willy-nilly over and over and over and over and over again and 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 that's pretty much what's going on now you're just parsing all this information out constantly and they're just ingesting all of it and it's just it's free well it's marketing that's it's you marketing know what but I'm... then it's ingesting at the same time because like people are just throwing it around they're not understanding what they're doing at, at, at that portion. well no because we're dumb we're we're just like oh let's give all information you get a free 10 percent coupon or you know something like that like truly you know, these questionnaires, like I was talking about the other night on the Unschooling Scholars podcast, they're giving these these questionnaires to these children, you know, and they're just doing what they're told in school. You know, I mean, who knows what else, what other kind of information we're, we're they're collecting metri- uh, metrics at that point in time, you know, on, on the whole on whatever you want. You know, information. I mean, data is usage uh, useless if you can't turn it into, you know, information. Well, and that's, you know, they use all this information on how to to sway opinions and, and how to guide us. You know, like we were talking about with Rockefeller, his his whole uh, premise of, of the school system. And it wasn't to have thinkers, but workers, you yeah. know. And so, you know, perfect examples like prior to COVID, 
you know, everybody had Snapchat and I would do that with the kids and we would take funny pictures and it was funny. But facial then they, st they st well, facial recognition. Yes, that's one. We you were willingly giving off. it up. Yes, because if they want to have, you know, facial recognition when you're walking down the street, who's wearing their mask and who's not, you've got it right there. They're already collecting this information. And then they started putting the masks in. And I remember when they started putting those in, I'm like, why are they doing this? Like, why do they have this? What's well, like overseas? Like, look at, look at. Like you overseas, right? You would build, uh, you would build databases based off of biometrics, right? Fingerprints, I, you know, uh, retinal scans. Mm -hmm. If you were to do that over here, it would be complete absurdity. Like there would be a big huge uproar, right? Well, yeah, because that's infringing on your rights. Right, but, so they yeah. got smart yeah. and they figured out a way to make it fun. And oh, look how cutesy. Because like it, you know, when 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 somebody gets like a background check and stuff like that, that's these like there's already a profile built on you whenever like from the day that you're born if you're born right. in the United States, and like at least in the hospital you get a, you get a social security number, so you get the you get the profile built right then, and then how much information can you stack into that profile, right? Mm -hmm. If you were in service, if you've ever done any kind of criminal instance, if you've applied for weapon, you know, to get like weapons, like a background check some form you've you've gotten fingerprinted at some point in time that's another set of identification that's thrown into right. the packet yeah. biometrics is next because we got cameras everywhere every well instance. look at what happened in illinois they had these these cameras up the red light cameras where if you blew a red light they would automatically send you a ticket you know and how well did that go i like so you, you can get like super granular now like where you they, like the whole smart city concept comes into play and they actually have these little uh, uh, like street like cameras that go up throughout the community and they build a network pretty much. And if you, can, you know, Leo's can go in and, 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 you know, be a part of this, at least their organization can because it's a service that's sold. And you could put this up around the area and say like 200 cameras and like, you know, the, the place you live. Mm -hmm. And you're gain, you're you're uh, you're gathering all this data, and then they turn it into useful information. So if they're tracking an individual or like an orange car, the artificial intelligence and these these uh, programs are able to get it down to a specific hue, a dent. Like if you put like there's a dent in the right hand bumper, it'll identify cars that have a dent in the right hand bumper. Like through all the footage when it's going through, it's crazy to like to watch it and so how efficient it is. We've got all of this efficient equipment, right? And you can track anybody down wherever you go. But yet we can't find these missing children that go missing every year. We could find Bin Laden in a cave in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's, it goes back to that whole, uh, I forget it was either Dave, oh, Dave Chappelle or one of, like, one of the prominent figures in, in society today that they have a big, huge voice. They were like, uh, oh, no, it's Joe Rogan that was talking about it. It was, uh, you know, we, homelessness. How do you solve homelessness? Maybe we, we got to throw more money at it, you know. That's the American way. If, you know, yeah, if money will solve everything. So like he was like, uh, nah, there's that's not homelessness is not a problem uh, like a financial problem. Like we have more than enough money. It's it's become it's become a capital uh, portion, right? It's those big six figure salaries for these individuals, and it's kind of like the whole premise of like, why doesn't Congress give itself term limits? Well, who the hell is going to fire themselves from their own job? Right. right. It's become like, it's a means of living instead of being a, a means of service, right? Well, even if they serve two years, they serve one term or whatever, they get everything taken care of them for the rest of their life. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, but 
back to the finders, right? So the, the whole premise of this whole the whole whole instance is talking about how an entity was was created and a certain organization within the United States government at that point in time was able to stifle all communication uh like and pretty much wipe away a good 99.9% of the the agency's concerns except for uh you know the customs uh agent Martinez mm-hmm. and even if you look at him afterwards after the 93 proceedings he got wrote up in 94 I'll share the link in the uh, uh, in the chat and then in the actual podcast, like for the the, uh, the documentary on YouTube that we were watching. Oh, yeah. It's about an hour long. Uh, but if you want to look that up on YouTube, it's Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? Full documentary. And it's by the Conscious Resistance. Yeah, it's a really good, it's about an hour long, 59 Yeah, minutes. but it kind of goes over everything. And then it goes into like a deep dive of like Marianne Pettit and like all this. The guy even makes a claim at the very beginning. You can go verify all this stuff. Uh, you know, information is, is useless. It's just but like if you don't know what you're looking for. But right. like he went and did his homework and there's a treasure trove of stuff. Uh, but, you know, Agent Martinez even got backlash like he talks about in the document. I mean, in the documentary, he says a... Uh, uh, you know, he doesn't. He was gonna be willing to talk to him, but uh, you know, when he reached out to him, but he was like, "No, I'm not gonna do that anymore." At the last minute, yeah. he rescinded. But his- like when you, they went back and looked, that he got uh, he got disciplined in '94, right after yeah. the hearings, for some kind of like. Well, that's when it was like broken to light, you know, and he was gonna speak out against it. He he was the one that was on the case. He's the one that started this whole thing, and he got reprimanded for doing his job. I mean. Like, I'm sorry, but if I see two men in a van with six kids that look like they're homeless, yeah, something is not right. And what's so messed up about this whole thing is that, let's just, plain devil's advocate, let's just say that there there was um, no ties to the CIA or the guy or whatever. Still, you had two men who had six children who didn't know where their parents were and they were going to be trafficked to a different country. And they were found to have done no wrongdoing. You know, these kids, they had bug bites and they lived outside in a commune. Like if if you had a child today and you let them live out in your backyard and use the bathroom out in the backyard like a dog, you're going to get your child taken from you. So how could these two men get away with this? Just scot-free, like no charges. I, I don't understand that. Like clearly something is there, but they just got to walk away like nothing ever happened. I kind of fashion it to like uh uh you know the u.s senator uh larry mcdonald that back in the 80s right the the arch conservative democrat which is a weird thing to say a conservative, conservative and a Demo- democrat. is there even such a thing it is he was he was a hybrid of his instance but they always used to call him mr conspiracy theorist on all the uh all the because he even he didn't he was anti-russia all this other stuff but they, they, he pretty much created his own task force because he said that the, the United States government just lies. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to get to the bottom of a lot of stuff. But he got shot down out of Russia after he, you know, he came public with a lot of this stuff. For <laughs> oh, <laughs> So you kind of see how it goes, right? Like, they, you, you become too big of a headache, you, you go bye-bye. You know, and that's kind of what happened with this. Like, he kept pushing, and Martinez doesn't push anymore. Like, Well, no, because dog. he was probably... 
threatened, truly. Him and his family was probably threatened for him. I don't even think at that point in time you can even say like he didn't have to be threatened. He just got he, he got reprimanded on something, right? And didn't they like take rank from him or something? They take too? rank from him. They took the position he was and he got he got uh fined. Or I think that's what he was. He got fined along the lines or he got uh, you know, like a a slap on the wrist, like, hey, you can't get a fucking pay raise. Matthew, <laughs> I'm sorry, I cannot control him. I try. Um, we're gonna have to edit that part out. No, it'll be good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, right? Well, it's, no, it's sad because all these children, you know, who knows how many more children, and this is still alive today. This enterprise, you know, like who is going to like stop this? You know, obviously, it's still going on. It's still happening because it's never been shut down. They've done the investigations. All the proof is there, but they've done nothing about it. My whole argument has always been that uh, we're not in the long, long, long run. We're like, no, we're not playing the long game, right? When we're doing this, right? Us as a civilization, uh, the government's playing long game, right? Oh, she's shaking her head. I'm in trouble already. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like they're playing long game, right? So, well, our generation, like generationally, put an end to this. Well, like generationally, you have like three, you know, maybe three generations pass, and the same information is out. But at that point in time, it's not prevalent. uh, Prevalent at that point in time, they they don't care. But just like that article saying that, oh, that laid the foundation for the Jeffrey Epstein and. A Pizzagate conspiracies, but they're not conspiracies though. Like that, that's just it. And wasn't conspiracy theory a CIA coined term, anyways? Yeah. They created yeah, that, that term. Yeah. Some, some I think it was CIA like during the JFK era when all that happened. The you magic know? bullet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just really, really sad to think that this happens and we don't even know about it. And then somebody is going, you know, doing their job, <clears throat> excuse me. And they're out here finding these children and they're trying to save them because I still believe that there are good people within the different agencies across the country. But when it's got ties to, to the, the top, the organization who's in charge of all of it, everything is shut down. Like, how do we fix this? You know? I mean, really how, it just boggles my mind. All the evidence is there and people see it. And it's just that <sighs> nothing is ever done about it. I don't know, but the founders organization is still around. Though, That's what mistaken. I'm saying. It's still around. <laughs> it's still <laughs> happening. Like, how do we stop this stuff from happening? Uh, that, it, that's a million dollar question, right? Yeah. Like Wade said, we just need <laughs> SHTF. And that's exactly it. You know, I believe that Babylon is going to fall. I believe that because everybody's being attacked. Everybody that I know, they're being spiritually attacked. You know, their families are getting sick. People are dying. You know, all these things are happening and the spiritual attacks are coming tenfold. And, you know, um, I just, I keep praying because it's just everybody that I know every day, it's something new. And it's just, I really believe that everything is about to come crumbling down. I believe that with all my heart, it's something inside me. We've been preparing for this. You know, Scott's been talking for the past several years that we need to get our food ready. We need to, you know, make sure that we're stocked up on things because something big is coming. Well, I just look at it from this standpoint, right? If you live out in the country. uh, Amen. One note. Amen. If you live out in the country, right, you have probably well water. So you have some kind of pump going on. So but what about the people that live in the cities? Well, that's the thing, though, right? That's that you re- you've removed that function. Now there's the, now a generation has passed or solely dependent 
Right. So like here, like in like or not here, but like in a suburban mm-hmm. utopia, right, where you've got a, a cluster of like six hundred homes, mm-hmm. and everybody's on the same water, the whole uh, the whole iota. If something happens of like a, a specific magnitude, somebody's poisoning the water. Well, not, not even that, right? So like, if if, if one point at one point in time, so the guy that runs the water facility function, or if the the, the city just likes it, oh, we're not going to worry about this anymore, and they just walked away from it, right? And people think it's like a ludicrous idea, but like if something like that was to happen, your water wouldn't be getting treated. And then eventually. Yeah, but think about it this way, though. OK, the people that treat the water are just everyday people. Oh, we go in and we take over the system and say, no, we're going to have our clean water. That's what that's what I'm saying. We as a people have to but stand up. Realistically, there's not going to be a group of people that are going to march down to the water treatment facility. If you mean to tell me if you have all these families, right? Because we live in a family community. If you have all of these people it who cannot the, bathe their children. No, it's it, not. It is situational, right? I don't think it is. If it's post-apocalyptic, right? When push comes to shove, people are going to do what needs to be done. I totally agree, but at that point in time, realistically, you're going to be carrying buckets of water okay. more so than... I'm going to, just like my ancestors way back in the day had to do Well, that's one thing, like, so you're living in, like, a suburban utopia, maybe you get a, uh, uh, you know, a stream by your house, or a lake, or a river, or something like that means you're mm. lucky, but what about the people that don't? <laughs> what about the people that do? <laughs> uh... Take turns talking. Okay, you go, and then I'll go. You go first. <laughs> no, like you were saying, though, where we live, it's gotten to the point where I think a lot of people, that's why I'm trying to teach our kids how to plant and how to do things like that. We have to be self-sufficient. We have to learn how to use hand tools. I love power tools, but we have to learn how to use hand tools again. You know, we have to go back, like Scott says, go back to move forward because it's going to come down to that. I just think it's not even that. I think it's even simpler than that. You just have to know what you use the tool for. That, that <laughs> like you actually know that I have to know that a hammer exists. There's there's a good consensus of people that do not know a hammer exists or a tape measure or any means. Like they don't know anything outside of like a uh, like a twelve by eight little screen. <laughs> well, that's that's why it's so important to homeschool your kids because they're not being taught that well, in like, schools. You know, like an efficient homeschool, right? Like they're actually te- teaching life lessons and right. not like uh, homeschooling them because you but don't like the curriculum, uh, curriculum, but you're teaching them non-essential stuff. They're just sitting there watching YouTube all day or like they're not being productive by any means. Right. Well, that's why, you know, when we started our garden, we had three garden beds. Now we've got 12. You know, every know. year. I'm a back nose too. <laughs> Doing good. Thank you. Um, but, you know, teaching the kids how to do stuff like that. And they thoroughly enjoy it. They like getting their hands dirty. They like raking out the old stuff and putting in the new stuff and going out there and picking the different vegetables. And, and then when you have it served at the dinner table, they're like, wow, we grew this. You know, even myself, I'm like a little kid, like, oh, look at my carrots. They're so, you know what I mean? But it's just to see that, you know, and I think that's really going to be very important in the days coming because, you know, you go to the grocery store and eggs here in Illinois, they're almost $5 for 12. And we go to the local farmer and they're cheaper there. So I'd much rather support him and get my food from there because I don't know what they're putting in this food. There's an article the other day that came out that said um, Gates wants to put the vaccines in our food. Yeah, the mRNA, mRNA. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, 
it just comes back full circle, you know, like protecting our kids. That's the number one thing. And, and homeschooling your kids, you can, you know, you spend a lot of time with them. You can protect them. And, um, you know, I just, we have to fight back against the system somehow. And it starts at home. And, you know, I don't know when Babylon's going to fall. I know it's going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of time. But, you know, bringing this stuff to the forefront, you know, I didn't know about the finders until a couple of weeks ago when you brought it up to me. And, and that's a, the, like, it's, it's a, uh, it's a lucid illusion, right? The information that is provided is, it's not always going to be there, right? That's just a tidbit of what you get. Like, you'd have to be a fool to think that the custodian of information is just going to let all their secrets out, even though you have a, an act in place, mm -hmm. right? And that's a, that's a, that's a crazy idea, but people drink it and it's the Kool-Aid. It's like, Oh, I'll go do a freedom of information act. And then they're going to give me everything you got. And it's like, who's going to go in and audit afterwards. Right. Nobody. How do you know everything they're giving you is all that they have, you know, with all the redacted documents and things like that. We don't know what the truth is. And that truly is like, for me, that's where I, which I, I found, that's why I found this severely interesting. That's why I kind of entail it that, or like kind of tag it that, this is controlled information from like that's that's the long game right there well yeah this book the finders fbi records it's all the redacted documents you know and it talks about things but it redacts important information and it's just i don't know does at the end of the day like this book right here is this going to change anything no i know more about it now you know but it's bringing more awareness and talking about things like this i think is really important because People, I think it's starting to wake people up. This well, it's at least entertain the conversation, right? Like the nine, ten, nine times out of ten, like nine times out of ten, it might just be a coincidence. But what, at least that what, one, that one time, like that, like all saying, "Oh, well, the CIA never did this, or the FBI never did this, or this organization would never do this, or this government body would never do this, or this, this, that." Like, oh no, this is just hogwash. But something like that exists. Well, that's why we have to unlearn all the things that we thought we knew. It's so important to to change our way of thinking and to keep an open mind that everything that we've been taught since we were little is probably not real. It's probably not true. You know, we've been taught that, you know, um, these government agencies, they're, they've got our best interest at heart. And we know that's not true. I mean, like, and I won't, I won't place the whole blame on that, the whole lot. I will, I will place the ideology uh, that the organization has, but there's individuals inside organizations that truly have good intentions. Oh, I believe that a hundred percent. I believe that with all my heart, just like the, the police force, you know, Martinez, he was trying to do something good, but yeah. it, the problem is it's the ones that are in charge, the ones that the head honchos, the ones that make the, you know, yes or no decisions. Those are the ones stopping real work from being done. Yeah. That's why you have like law enforcement or just any kind of any kind of organization uh, that's enforcing a law has a t like, you know, there's there's a whole rank and structure and, and that's not d done just for willy nilly just to have it there. It's it's controlling various different but, aspects. But take this case, for instance, Martinez was on the police force and then you bring in the other countries with the passports and all of a sudden it gets thrown to the FBI and then the CIA says, well, we're taking it from here. Yeah. When you get in a case that's so involved like this, 
they just put a whole, you know, the kibosh to it. Well, everybody else kind of, uh, nobody hit the the brakes and said like, oh, well, we need to, we need to look into this more. It was just more of his rhetoric, understanding that this morally was not right. But all of the other people, I mean, can you really blame the people in D.C. because they're just doing what they're taught at that point in time? Yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying like the, I'm saying the police officers, right? When they said that the case was over and done with, do I have to blame that police officer because he's been programmed but that's by what... a st- structure just to be like, OK, if the boss says to leave it alone, then leave it alone? No, that's what the Nazis did. I'm just doing my job. Like, when do we say, okay, I am, I sworn an oath to protect the people in the constitution, not the agency. That's when people need to start speaking up. That's the problem. We don't have enough people internally who are speaking up. They're just, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. Look what happened when people were just doing their job. So, you know, bringing awareness to things like this is just showing this is from the eighties, you know, it started in 86 with the finders. Like if I could just hit a pause button right now and just go like 50 years forward. I would like, kind of like to see what kind of information I don't want to know. Time. Mm. I want to see like the history books of how they classify this time period we're in right now. Well, think of 1984 by George Orwell, you know, how they talk about how all the information has changed. They rewrite history. And I feel that's exactly what they're doing now. Just like with the whole January 6th thing. Oh, it's going to be like, it was a big, huge thing. And all these people died and they're going to just keep adding more and more drama to it. And we, you know, being here, we witnessed, we saw what happened. We know people who were there and they're like, it was the most peaceful thing. People were praying and, you know, but they manipulate everything, what they want it to be. And that's what I'm saying. We have to unlearn everything. And that's why I thank God every day for giving me the discernment that I have. I know when something is BS. I know when not to believe something because that's just something I was born with, you know? And I I do believe that this moment in time, we are waking up. Like this is a great awakening. And as much as I don't believe in the whole Q thing, we are awakened. And there was a great awakening in the 1800s too. It's in the Founders Bible. I was reading something and I came across and I was like, there was a great awakening then too. So I think over time, people keep waking up and they keep putting us back to sleep. And eventually something's going to give. Something is going to give. And um, all the people, I always call them the sleepers, I think they're going to wake up. It's going to hit them like a ton of bricks. And that's why we have to be there for them. We have to be their, their support system. Because so in essence, they'll be found. Right. The fine, <laughs> they'll be found. Yes. All right. So... so- all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're like six minutes past that. See, this time just goes by so quick. All right. But well, um, nice talking tonight. Yeah. Well, that this was really interesting, you know. And again, are you going to put that link up for everybody? Yeah. I'll well, probably share it um, on Telegram and maybe on my Facebook page. And I'll put it in the description as well. Okay. It's Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? Full documentary, and it kind of goes more into it. And you can go down so many rabbit holes with this. It's It's so... It's just crazy. It's mind boggling, you know, but um, anyways, we're going to go ahead and end that. Um, Thank you all once again for joining us tonight. I'll just say a quick prayer. So if you will, just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight with open hearts and and open minds, Lord. And we just want to thank you for all the blessings that you have given us, Lord. Uh, We know that things are not right in this world that we live in. And you continue to show us every day just how crazy and how terrible this world can truly be but we know that through you all things can and will be possible lord and we see you moving mountains every day you continue opening the eyes of many around us and 
they're starting to see the things that that we see, Lord. Uh, We ask that you just continue guiding us so that we can be the light for those who are still stuck in the darkness, Lord. We ask that you give us just the knowledge and and the know-how to to talk to these people and to remind us that we need to have open hearts and we can't come at them with anger or sadness. We, We need to be strong for them, Lord, because they are going to need us. We ask that you just continue opening our eyes and our ears to all that's around us, Lord, so that we can continue teaching our little ones and and even those who have been around for a while, Lord. We ask that you just continue guiding us and that you look after us on this journey, Lord. Um, And please help heal those who are hurting or who are sick right now, Lord, and be with all of us tonight and all the days coming, Lord, because we know we've got hard times ahead. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all once again for being here. I appreciate it. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and just close this out here. Everybody have a good night. God bless you all. Love you all so much. Thanks again. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. For those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, 
Don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!